Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. to see clearly, to see God show up. And how many of you know that so oftentimes, you know, the Bible speaks of those that were looking for God to do something, and they're looking ahead. Well, how many of you know that the Bible also says that there is a great cloud of witnesses that are looking over, and they're desiring, or their desire would be where we are at today. And so we're always looking for something to come, but God has already begun to do some things. We just need to expect it and participate with it. Amen? Come on. God's doing some amazing things. And so let's cooperate with him. Amen. Well, hey, listen, we have started a series last week, and uh, the series that we called is simply called Balanced. And the reason we call it Balanced is because it's a subject that oftentimes gets misunderstood or that people have difficulty uh, really wrapping their heads around. And oftentimes, you know, people just think that when it comes to church, church just talks about money, expects money, and, you know, again, it's all a money game. And so uh, as a result, we just want to bring some clarity and some balance to this whole topic concerning tithing, concerning giving, and just really the heart of God behind it. And so if you recall, just in regards to tithing, we said that God said this, to bring in all the tithe. He says, bring it into the storehouse. He says that the tithe belongs to me, therefore bring it. And he says, now when you do it, he says, now I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. Amen. And so today what we're going to talk about, and again, I just knew that we were going to talk about this for a couple of weeks because, again, you know, when you start talking about this, you know, you already saw week number two, people start to, you know, thin out a little bit. So next week, we might have just been me next, you know, <laughs> so we can't do that. Come on. So we're just going to do a two-parter. But listen, uh, you know, when it comes to this whole aspect of tithing and, and bringing our tithe to the, to the church, it's really the principle of the first. And so that's what I'm going to talk to us today about is the principle of the first. And throughout the scripture, we see the principle of the first. From the first part of the Bible to the very end of the Bible, we see the principle of the first consistently being acted out. Now, when it comes to just simply the definition of a principle, the principle is a law or uh, comprehending in many subordinate truths That brings about law or governing factors. Or in other words, principles govern truths within our lives. And so there is the principle of the first that God said, excuse me, is there to help us begin to lead our lives. Now, if you recall last week, we brought a couple things out. And first of all, we said Jesus said this, made this statement. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So in other words, if we check up on where you spend your money, we know where your heart is, right? He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will follow. No, he said it the opposite. He said your treasure leads your heart. And then he goes on to say this. He says you cannot serve God and mammon, or that word mammon is riches. How many of you know that... uh, 
riches or just those things that require finances can rule you. Come on, how many of you got payments? How many of you know that every month it rules you? Now, it might not put you in debt or put you in the, hole, in the hole, but it always is governing your life, isn't it? It's dictating what you need to do with your riches. And so, therefore, if we don't have our heart right or understanding how God wants to use this, then we can begin to get out of balance and begin to see it the wrong way. And so, the principle of the first is not about money. And you've got to understand that. I said the principle of the first is not about money. It's about keeping him first. I said the principle of the first is all about keeping God first or having a God first life. Amen? Come on, it's a good time to say amen. Amen. So giving 10%, that is the tithe. It is the first tenth of our increase that God says belongs to me. And we kind of joked about this last week because, again, just because of our lives, maybe because of your background or just misunderstanding, people say, you know, you expect me to give 10% of my income? Are you out of your mind? And the, the answer is yes. And I want you to be out of your mind as well. And I want you to get into the very heart of God to learn how to trust Him in the affairs of your life so that you can put Him first. But then in addition, the Bible says this, is that if we don't tithe, the Bible says that you actually rob God. And it says that there is a curse that comes upon your life. Now, that curse isn't like a voodoo thing where God says, now, let me just give you and says something, you know, hocus pocus over you and says you're cursed. No, what he's referring to is the curse of the law. And he says, by your decisions of withholding the tithe which belongs to God, it causes your life to be influenced or governed by the curse of the law. And so when we start to hear that, we start to think, well, man, what is God, a hitman or something? I mean, is he going to send the heavies out? You know, has he got, you know, uh, the guy that, uh, you know, has a couple teeth missing come knocking on your door to collect, right? That's not the heart of God, but that's oftentimes what people think. And so let's answer this question. Is God unreasonable? Number two, is Jesus unreasonable? When we're talking about the first, when we're talking about the first tenth to bring and honor God, is God being unreasonable? Well, there's three things that I want to talk to us about this morning. And the first part is, is concerning the first or the principle of the first. And as I said, we see this throughout the scripture from time to time. And again, God is reiterating that he's wanting us to have a God-first life. If you recall in the Gospels, Jesus was speaking to some individuals that were wanting to be disciples and wanting to follow him. And he says, leave all that you have and come follow me. And then the one guy says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, he says, now, wait a minute. Can I first go bury my father? And then the other one says, uh, Jesus, okay, I'll come follow you, but can I first go say goodbye to my family? And then Jesus responds back, and it almost seems harsh. He says to them, he says, let the dead bury the dead. He said, he that puts his hand to the plow but looks back or turns back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. 
So was Jesus saying, now listen, I don't want you to go grieve your, the loss of your family member. I don't want you to go do, to the funeral. I don't want you to not be able to go and say goodbye to your family. That's not what Jesus is saying. But there's something very significant that these individuals said to Jesus. And it's something that should never be in the vocabulary of those that are serving God. And what they said is, okay, Jesus, let me first go do my thing. Are you catching what I'm saying here? And Jesus says, okay, you've revealed your heart. You said that you've got something else in first place. And you have said to me, let me first do this, and then I will come and follow you. And unfortunately, when you think about that, there are so many of us that are doing that all the time, isn't it? We're saying, God, I'll serve you, but let me do my thing first. And here's the reality. If God is not first Nothing else will come into order. Did you hear what I said? I said, if God is not first, nothing else comes into order. People are looking for their families to come in order. They're looking for their marriages to come in order. They're looking for their finances to come in order. They're looking for their health and their body and their life and their thinking and their mind and their emotions to come in order. But if God is not first... If he's not at the beginning of the order, nothing else comes in order. Amen? And see, once again, we're not talking about money. We're talking about the principle of the first. We're talking about putting God first in our lives. Amen? So when I put God first in my life, something begins to happen. When I put God first, it gives me the ability to have calm in the midst of chaos. It gives me peace when others want to panic. It gives me joy when there's loss. It gives me hope in the midst of hopelessness. It gives me the ability to trust God in the middle of the storm. But I must put first things first. Amen. And please hear this. If God is not first, nothing else comes in order. Give you an example. This might be more applicable to the guys in the room. But, you know, uh, I've ordered stuff online. I've went to uh, Ikea. Anybody gone there? That wonderful store. It's just amazing. I love going down there. But everything comes to you in a box, right? And in the box is all these instructions. And it says, now, here's how you assemble this thing in the box. And it starts out the order of what comes first. And, you know, us guys, we don't like following the directions, Right? I can do this. It makes sense. Yeah, this goes here. Just look at the picture. Yeah, it makes sense. And so you've gotten into it 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden you get stumped. And then you have to go back and you look at the instructions. And when you look at the instructions, you find out that you forgot something or did not do something in the order. And now that you missed the order or messed the order up, you can't continue because you missed one of the steps. And you got to go back and undo what you did to get to the step that you missed. Does that make sense? And so when we don't have a God-first life, we're trying to put everything in its order as it ought to be. But it's not in the place that it could be because the very first thing is out of place. It's out of order. It's not where it should be. Amen. And so let's begin to just look at an example concerning this idea of putting God first. 
as we share some scripture with you, we're going to look at some Old Testament and some New Testament scriptures. But as we share this next portion of scripture with you, I want you to begin to look for the principle of the first. But how many of you know that the Old Testament was really foreshadows of what was to come and what Jesus was wanting to do? So don't only look for the principle of the first in this portion of scripture, but look to the deeper meaning of what God is using this whole example for and what it represents. All right? In Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to skip around just a little bit for the sake of time so that we don't have to read such a lengthy portion of scripture, but Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, He says, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belong to me. Did you see some common words there? He says, the first, both people and animals, he says, they belong to me. The first belongs to me. All right, then he goes on to say in verse 3, it says, So Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever. So in other words, he says, today, what we're getting ready to do, what God is asking us to do, this is going to help us remember something forever. Now, how are we going to do this? It says this. It says, the day you left Egypt, the place of your uh, slavery, today the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Now, verse 8. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. Now, notice what he said here. He says, now, this is a result of what I did for you, bringing you out of Egypt. He says, but also, in the midst of this, he says, now, I want you to teach your children this celebration right now, this thing that we're doing. He said, this is what God did for us. All right, in verse 12, he says, You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. Firstborn donkeys may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son all right are you seeing a little bit here to redeem or buy back the children and we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a second all right verse 14 and in the future your children will ask you what does all this mean and then you'll tell them with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and uh, out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, so the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. Now let's stop there for just a moment. Let's understand something in that particular portion, because again, you read that and people will say, "Man, God was just a brute man. I mean, God just killing people, killing all the firstborn." But you've got to understand some things in the context of that scripture. If you recall the story of Moses, the Bible tells us that God said to Moses, go set my people free. Right? 
And he had to go before Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was not just a king. Pharaoh set himself up as God. So, Moses was coming to the God of Egypt and saying, God says, turn his people, go. And he had multiple opportunities to get his heart right. But every time, the Bible says that his heart was hardened and God sent another plague. Until the point that it got to the very end and God says, all right, the way that we're going to have to get his attention is that the firstborn of every family, of people and animal, will die. Now, why was that significant? Because Pharaoh's son, even though Pharaoh's son was his son, Pharaoh's son was still esteemed as a god in Egypt. You seen a little bit clearer now? All right, let's continue to look at this. He says, um, both people and animals, it says that it was, or that is why I now sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons are always bought back. This ceremony will be like a mark, uh, branded, uh, a mark branded on your forehead or on your hand or your forehead. It is a reminder to all the power or that the power of the Lord's might has brought us out of Egypt. All right. So let's break that down in a couple different areas. Number one, he said, the firstborn sons belong to me. Was it the second? Which one was it? The first. He also said, the firstborn of all animals belong to me. And then he says this. He says, now, donkeys? He said, I don't like donkeys. I don't want donkeys. Their sacrifice don't do anything for me. He said, now, if you want the donkeys, you can buy them back from me. He said, but the way you redeem a donkey, which would, was considered an unclean animal, he said, the way that you redeem the unclean is with a clean animal, which is a lamb or a goat. And he says, now, you can buy that back and have it if you want to, but there has to be a sacrifice made in order for you to have that. But he says, now, if you don't want it back, now, remember, this donkey, being a firstborn, still belongs to me. And if you don't want the donkey, break its neck. So what that tells us is that anything that belongs to God ought not be in our possessions if it's not been redeemed. You getting what I'm saying? So he said concerning the tithe, the tithe belongs to me. And if it belongs to me, he says, now you bring it to me so that I can receive it. So listen, anything that belongs to God that doesn't belong with, or excuse me, anything that belongs to God doesn't belong in our possession. And if it does, then it begins to allow the devourer to come and wreak havoc in our life. And isn't that what Jesus said? He said that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So in other words, when we don't honor God with the first or put God first in our life, it opens up the door for the enemy to begin to mess with our life. It's the principle of the first. Amen? All right. The firstborn must be sacrificed or it must be redeemed. Now, let me ask you this. I was asking you the question, do you see the parallels between this story and what Jesus came to do? Let me ask you the question, 
us in our fallen state as people, were we clean or unclean? We were unclean. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. For all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So every single person has been born with a sin nature on the inside. And if you don't believe that, then let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had your three-year-old child go into the kitchen and you see cookie crumbs all over the counter? You see chocolate uh, chips smeared across their face and you come in and you say, did you eat those cookies? And they're like, no. (laughs) And you're like, wait a minute. Now, wait, I see the crumbs on the counter here, and I see the chocolate chips on your face. Did you eat these cookies? Uh Uh-uh. Right? So how many of you know that you don't have to teach a child how to lie? It's a sin nature built in on the inside of man because of the fall of man. So man was unclean. But let me ask you, how many, uh, when it comes to Jesus, is Jesus clean or unclean? Jesus was clean. Now, how was he clean? He was clean because he was born of the virgin. We don't have time to get into that whole story or the the why it made him clean. But obviously, the bloodline comes from the man, and therefore, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was clean. And he became the sacrifice for the unclean. How many of you realize that Jesus was God's tithe for you and I? And the Bible also says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. So God gave in faith Jesus to be the sacrifice for you and I so that he could have many sons and daughters because he gave his first. Are you seeing it? And therefore, you also realize that God had to give Jesus in faith because when it comes to you and I, There's no guarantee. You have a free choice of whether or not you'll serve God. So when God gave Jesus, he did it with no guarantee that you were going to serve him. He was doing it in faith to say, God, I hope that I have a family. I hope they will receive the gift that I give. Amen? God gave his tithe. And God also says, the tithe belongs to me. Right? Now, we saw in the scripture that the Bible says in Malachi, it says, bring the tithe. You can only bring something that belongs to somebody, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, you go to, uh, you, you go to a, a nice restaurant or something, and uh, it's that kind of restaurant where you park your car off, and, and it's a valet parking, right? So you give them the keys, and they take off with your car. And... The, the, the owner comes by and says, how y'all doing? He says, all oh, doing good. You know, I've just been giving some cars away. He says, well, what do you mean you've been giving some cars away? He said, well, I just drove off with this Corvette, and so I saw this nice-looking lady over here, and so I just decided to give her that Corvette. Well, it wasn't his to give, was it? So what is he expected to do? When the owner of that car comes back, he's expected to bring back what belongs to them, Right? And so, therefore, the only way you can bring something to God is if you identify that it belongs to Him. We're talking about the principle of the first. Now, with that being said, in talking about the principle of the first, the tithe is the first 10% of our increase. 
It's that first dime of every dollar that God says belongs to me. It's the first tenth of all of our increase. When I bring that first tenth, it redeems all the other 90%. Remember where God said this, or Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon? Mammon is unclean riches. What causes the unclean riches to be clean? It's the redeeming through the first tenth. Does that make sense? Come on, you, you, you track it with me. All right, so God, again, God wants us to understand this principle of the tithe. All right, so number two. Number two, the second thing that I want to talk about is that concerning tithing, tithing first makes me trust God. Or I should say, tithing first makes me trust God. It causes me to live a life of faith. So what does that mean? If I'm going to put God first in every area of my life, that means I put Him first. And so when it comes to the tithe or honoring God and bringing what belongs to Him, it means that I must do that first. And what ends up happening oftentimes? We pay the bills. We pay this. We put monies here. And we get to a place where we say, you know what? I just don't have a whole lot left over. And therefore, I've only got a little bit left to live on until the next paycheck comes. But we don't realize that what was left over was what should have been on the front end. And therefore, we end up spending or we end up using what was God's. Right? And so many people wonder why they're in this habitual struggle all the time and God says put me first so what does that mean that means set it aside put it aside you honor him first so in other words before I ever pay a bill God I'm gonna set aside my tithe because you come first well, what if I don't have enough what if I don't have enough to make ends meet well then the big question is is are you living outside your means are you spending foolishly and if the answer is no, then the answer other than that is God will provide. Just honor God and you'll see him bring the answer and the provision. Can you say amen? As I said this already, we, when we give the tithe, when we honor God with the first, what it does is it causes us to live by faith. I already mentioned it that when God gave Jesus, he gave in faith. And the absence from faith in God in that little 10 cents of every dollar, it causes that 10 cents to become my God. Did you hear me? In the absence of faith in God, this dime will become God. Anything that is in the place of God will become God. And therefore, if it's not the God that I put first, it will always cause my life to become or I'll be under bondage whenever I put God in. Understand what I'm saying? Now I'm going to get real nitty-gritty. But you know, when it comes to the weekend, there are a lot of people that put certain things first when it comes to their kids, when it comes to certain things. And that certain thing that they put first has become bondage for their whole family because they've not honored God. All right, it's gotten real quiet, so we'll move right on. Praise the Lord. Alright? Let me say that one more time. Anything that we place as a God that is not God, it will become bondage to us. What I'm talking about is not simply for mature believers. It's elementary stuff. 
if we don't honor God first, we'll never make it to the second. We'll never experience God's next. The first fruit or the first must be offered. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, honor the Lord with the first fruit. So in other words, it's an extension of your heart. You're doing it because you want to. Amen? All right, let's look at another portion of scripture concerning Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel brought two different kinds of offerings to the Lord, if you remember right at the very book of beginnings. People will often ask this question. They'll say, do I have to do this? Am I obligated to do this? Anytime that anybody asks that question, am I obligated to, do I have to, tells me that all they think or see is money. Because you realize the tithe has nothing to do about money. The tithe is about the principle of the first. Are you following me? People will say, well, that's not under the law. Tithing isn't under the law. We're, we're not under the law anymore. No, listen. The scripture talks about the principle of the first right from the very first family. It was instituted before the law was ever given. So let me just share this with you. In Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 3, speaking of Cain and Abel, it says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented, everybody say presented, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift. Everybody say brought. Are you seeing some differences just in how it was described and how they presented it to God? The one says that, that, that Cain presented it to God. Abel brought a gift. And it says concerning Abel's gift, he brought a gift and it was the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Come on, did you see the principle of the first? See, Cain, he brought some vegetables. Let me just throw some stuff in a basket here, bring it before God. And the Bible says that it wasn't received. But Abel... He brought the best. He bought, brought the firstborn and he sacrificed it to God because it was the first that honored him. It's the principle of the first. You remember the story of Moses that we just referred to as he led Israel out of Egypt. But then God said this. He says, now listen, I have given you the promised land. And he said, but along the way, he says, I have promised you victory along the way. And how many of you know that whenever God makes you a promise of success, you're going to face oppositions along the way? But along the way, they were facing other kingdoms and other cities that were trying to overcome them. And you remember the story of Jericho. The Bible says that Joshua led them in and was marching around the city, you remember? And it says on the last day they shouted and the walls come tumbling down. And the Bible says that there were so many spoils that it took days for them to collect it all. Remember that story? But now when they had the victory of the first city that they encountered, Jesus, or excuse me, God said this to Joshua. He says, now, all the spoils of this first victory... Don't possess any of them. He said, collect all the spoils and you give them to me first. Because this is your first victory. So, they purposed to do so. 
Then they got a little bit further down the road, and the Bible says they came up against the city of Ai. And when they went up against the city of Ai, the Bible says that it was not a city as big as Jericho, but they whooped the children of Israel. And they're thinking, dear God, what did we do wrong? What happened, God? Because we did exactly what you told us to do. But then they discovered that Achan had withheld some of the spoils from Jericho. And because he withhold the first, it caused them to lose the victory the next time they come up into a battle. So you know what they did? They got the spoils that Achan had set back, gave them to the Lord. And remember we said this, anything that doesn't belong to the Lord, you end up killing it. You know what they did to old Achan? <laughs> they killed him. <laughs> but you know what? They had victory as they went forward and they possessed the promised land. Why? Because God says, I want you to honor me in the first. Can you say the first? Amen. God wants us to understand the principle of the first. So see this. When you put God first, he redeems. We don't give him the second. We give him the first. We're not talking just about money. Do we give him the first of our time? Do we give him the first of our talents? Do we give him the first of who we are because we want to honor God? Or do we look at the priority list and try to discover where can we fit God in? The Bible says to honor the Lord on the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, right? He says, give me the first day, honor me. But so many people find that to be optional. They start to look at things and say, well, I'm kind of busy. I don't know if I've got the time to do that. I remember talking to different individuals, and again, this isn't to be critical. I'm just talking about how people uh, see things. I remember talking to uh, a couple different ladies at different times. Their husbands didn't come to church, but they were working all week long, and so then on the weekends, they were home, and so they said, well, you know what? I would come to church, but my husband has the weekend off, and so that's my time to spend with my husband, and so therefore, I don't go to church. I spend time with him. Well, you just made your husband your God. You just got things out of sorts. You put your husband first and said, God, fit in somewhere else down the road. Now, once again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just simply talking about we've got to begin to understand the principle of first because if we get one thing out of sort, everything else is out of a line. And we wonder why. We're asking God. I'm praying. God, I'm looking for some things. Amen? There have been, been so many parents that have set their children up for failure because they've allowed other things to become first. First on the weekends. Again, I'm not just talking about money. Are you hearing me this morning? I said, I'm not talking about money. And let me just say to you this morning, obviously we're talking about giving. We're intertwining the principle of the tithe with the principle of the first. But if anything that I've said in these last two times of getting together with you, if you felt guilty, if you felt under condemnation, because of what I've shared with you, then I've missed the opportunity to express the heart of God. Because again, this is not about money. It's about the principle of the first and simply putting Him first. So that brings us to the final question. To know the why before the what. We give God our first, but why? 
In Exodus chapter 13, we read it just a little bit ago. But it says, your kids will ask you, why do we do this? He says, you tell them, because God brought us out of slavery and we're now free. That's why we do what we do. That's why we teach our children it's important to tithe. That's why we teach our kids, why we tell our families, why we tell people it's important to put God first. Because when we honor God and put him first, it allows that which Jesus came to do. The sacrifice, the one that redeemed us, bought us back from the enemy and made us his own and has made us free. Listen, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for Jesus. I'm telling you, I may not even be alive if it wasn't for Jesus. When I look at my wife, my kids, my family, if it wasn't for God, I don't know that I'd be here today. So I'm so grateful for what Jesus came to do for us. The tithe simply redeems and it makes God first. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to simply, in this moment, examine your heart. Examine your life. ask yourself the question, is God first? I'm not asking that question for the sake of making you feel guilty or to make you feel like a bad person. That is not the intent. Because Jesus paid too great of a price for you to carry the guilt and the shame of woulda, coulda, shouldas. It's just simply a matter of identifying, is God first? Have we made our kids first? Have we made our spouses first? Have we made our recreation and our fun first? Have we made our career first? And if we see that it has been on the throne of our heart, and this is simply a matter of making a quality decision right now and say, God, right now, today, I'm dethroning what I've put first and God, take that place. And by doing that and making that conscious choice, you've allowed your life to come in order. And watch God begin to move and heal and transform and put things in their place because of a quality decision right now. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. But if what I'm sharing with you right now, if it resonates with your heart, if you're saying, I want, I want to make that acknowledgement today. Today I am putting God first. Will you do something for me? Nobody's looking around. But this is just your extension of faith and saying, God, I'm going public. I'm letting Pastor see me raise my hand. If that's you this morning and you say, today, right now, I'm choosing to reprioritize and say, God, I want you to be first. If that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand. Quality decision and a choice to make God first. If that's you, 
on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down when you put them up. There's probably at least ten people raise their hand. Come on. Just that acknowledgement in itself begins to set things in motion. That's what this year is all about. 2020, things coming into focus, things getting into alignment, things being the way they ought to be. Balanced this year. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for you right now, and as I do, you just pray along with me when it's applicable. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for every single person that is here, that has lifted their hand, that wish they should. Anybody that is listening online that is saying, I want that to be me. I want to put God first. In Jesus' name, right now, I thank you that you are mending hurts. You are bringing peace, bringing comfort, healing and restoration where things have been out of line and out of sorts. And so, God, we publicly and we corporately right now say, God, we want you to be on the throne of our heart. We want you to be first. We want to honor you in every area of our lives, with our family, with our recreation, with our money, with our, 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 our friends, with our everything about our lives. God, we want to make sure that we place you first. We honor you today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.